Yellow, yellow, yellow. What's going on, everybody? This is the Sports Effect. I'm your host, Mr. Khalil. We better get another deep dive in once again. So stay tuned, turn your volume up just a little bit, and enjoy the show. So let's just get right straight into it. Start off with the NBA. You know, the rookies is out. Rookies been playing. Summer League. Been a little bit fun to watch. Whoever's been keeping up. You already know. I feel like we have a really good draft class. You know, more people I've noticed than, than, I, than I expected. You know, I mean, a lot of people are showing out, you know, uh, from all over. I just want to talk about a few guys first. You know, some of the guys that stood out to me. Some of the guys I was watching prior to the draft. Uh, so on and so forth. Let's just start off with Jalen Green. Second overall pick. To the Houston Rockets. Man, oh man. High school is a problem. Problem. He's real lanky. And he get to the rim and he slam down. Slam it down. Go crazy. Go crazy. Dude from the Philippines. Half Filipino. Um, Man, he got some swag to him too. Ain't gonna lie. He got some good swag. His IG be out here. Be doing his thing. So, um, he really, he could really ball. He could really ball. Obviously, he got crazy bounce. So, uh, chase down blocks is, is there for sure. Got great ball control. He's really, what I've really been able to note, witness even more in the summer is his ability to create his own shot, you know, and really be confident in that aspect. You know, he's he's taking like easily 20-something shots a game in the, within the summer league and, you know, 20, 30 shots a game, even more than that. You know, the summer league, and he's, you know, he's taking it with confidence and he's knocking them down. You know, he's playing really, really competitive basketball. And that's all we want to see. That's all we want to see. In the G League, he had averaged 17 points, four rebounds, and two assists, you know. So, solid numbers, solid numbers. You know, now you're playing with grown men. You know, people who are in the situation but trying to get in the NBA for X amount of time, and they're, they're all fighting, all fighting just to get it in, just to, to get that opportunity. And, you know, I think I like that the change in allowing high schoolers to, you know, skip college and play, go play in the G League, you know. And it allows them guys to get paid as well, you know. So they're getting one per se, depending on who they're asking, better better overall experience as far as what to expect when coming into the league. Because these guys they're playing against are guys who've played against some of the guys who are already in the league. And as well, some of these guys have already been in the league and, you know, just opportunity fell short for them, you know. So um, they're getting a full full flush all the way up in there right now. So it's, uh, it's really good and uh, healthy for all of those guys who – take on that challenge you know so i really like him a lot you know he's looking good and man he teamed up with his other boy josh christopher and them two the aau games killer killer man they know how to put on the show and i could definitely say that they know how to put on the show so very very fun to watch houston should be entertaining you know we'll see what happens with that you know they gotta really get some other veterans on that team other stars you know they got john wall i don't know what to expect from john wall i feel like i haven't seen john wall play in about three years but i mean what i don't know what to expect I just hope this is good basketball, man. The season's around the corner, you know, so let's, let's, let's just hope for the best. Next up, you got Jonathan Kuminga from the Congo. From the Congo, man. That man ball, man. Big body. Also went to the G League. Put up 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists. Got drafted to the Golden State Warriors, 7th overall. Now, I like this pick a lot, honestly. And I liked his performance in the Summer League even more. Um... Warriors are going to be back. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, the Warriors are going to be back. 
you still have the unanimous MVP, Stephen Curry. You will be getting back probably the best pure, like, dead-eye shooter, Klay Thompson. You got Draymond Green, freaking the energy of the team, really. And you got a few other, like, really, really um, great role players, you know, guys who really, you know, are good fits for the team, you know. And someone like Kaminga, man, he has a great build, and I like what he could bring to the table. I like what he could bring to the table. And him, and him being around a group of guys like that can only help his game, you know, can only help his game. So they're going to be coming back to play hard and to, to win. You know, they did a hell of a job last year, you know, just making it into the playoffs or, sorry, not even, just uh, almost making it into the playoffs. And, um, you know, they, they they showed that they still got some fight in them. You know, I, I don't know if, it's not like I could say that that's just a weak conference, you know, it's just a bunch of other teams who just don't got it in them. Like, nah, they, that team was literally just Curry. I mean, yeah, Draymond was there, but ain't nobody else was scoring like Curry, though. So he put on a show, and he, he, he proved, at least to me for sure, that he could do it by himself. He could do it by himself because I'll honestly say, for the longest, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. However, when it is time, you know, to take those, take that step up, you know, and not to say that he hasn't taken a step up every single time, but, you know, the particular games, you know, where I need you to just be on it at any given moment. You know, sometimes he just seems a little bit quiet. You know, he just lets other people, you know, do what they got to do. Or let or not do what they got to do, but, you know, um, you know, shine or whatnot. Not to say, okay, you, you, you in that aspect, let's say you're, you're, you're unselfish. Okay, I get that. But, I mean, these guys, like, you know, even when we used to say with LeBron, you know, some guys just say, you know, Rondo got the dog in him. But, you know, LeBron go have the ball in his hand at all times. So, whether he's shooting it or not, he going to be making a pass for sure. He going to be having some type of impact. You know, that goes without question we know that you know but it's times with curry you know curry he's not a primary ball handler you know he is but draymond is draymond carries he, he he's a ball handler on that team you know he yeah he holds a good percentage of the ball and be, you know crazy plays as well you know a lot of steph curry's work is off the ball you know and you know he's just running off screens and he's just clearly the best at that honestly at his size at his position he's at the he's the best at that that goes without question so i mean my thing is you know not to say he falls off or whatnot, because he's he has it. We know he got it, but I'm not going to downgrade whatever he has it done or we want we have it um, seen him do or that we want him to do. But that's just my take on that as far as like really hoping that you know you get a dog out of him. And this season, this past season, really proved that to me that he's willing to just go out there and go crazy every single game. And that's exactly what it was, and it was unbelievable for the for the city of Oakland and. They got a hell of a play, man. They got a, and they got another hell of a chance of getting back to the get back to the playoffs. And I don't know. I don't know what, what happens after that, but it's looking good. It's looking great. And at last, man, we got a guy from Baylor. We used to wear wear number forty five in Baylor. Last name Mitchell. Almost thought we thought it was Donovan, you know, looked like just like Donovan. Then this man's name is Davion. Davion Mitchell. Ninth overall pick, Sacramento Kings. Dude averaged 14 points, two rebounds, and five assists at Baylor. Man, he, he drew a lot of attention. Drew a lot of attention his last year. And he has some great, great uh, fundamental skills. And he just has, you know, he just knows how, he knows how to put plays together. I like that. That's something I like about it. And even more so, I mean, he able to just stay poised and win games. You know, Sacramento Kings, they, I believe they had won the Summer League Championship. That don't really mean nothing, but it's a start, you know start of leadership you know who's really good to see who's a leader on that team you know who's be able to take those shots who's be able to keep the chemistry going 
you know, and obviously since he's part of that team, you know, he has a, a factor in that. He has a, he's able to display his impact, his influence to to the success of the team. And uh, you can't that, that goes without goes without saying. I mean, that, that that won't go unnoticed. So we like to see stuff like that, those guys, man. We love to see that stuff. Just another quick reminder. Be sure to follow me on IG and Twitter at two lofty lil. That is the number two lofty underscore lil. You can see everything that I'm putting up on there. Just a lot of different positive things, things related to sports, you know, debates, whatever the case may be. You know, more things even more related to the show. So just show some love at two lofty lil. Now, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of fantasy football. Big, big, big. And like the last, to be honest, I've been doing this for almost a decade now, but it's been really, really competitive. And I've been really taking it more serious within the last four years. So last year, I was able to come out on top, one of my leagues. Very, very appreciative about that. And that's where I see myself season after season going more and more into detail on player analysis, you know, strength of schedule, and, you know, who are the guys that are going to fall to me, maybe sleeper. You know, so I just want to talk about a couple of sleepers, some of my favorite sleepers, and we'll just go by position, QB dotted to the tight end position. First off, we got this guy, man, he's on a team that's been awful for almost their whole franchise, man. At least in the, the beginning, it was good, fell off bad, 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 so they're coming around and it's no surprise now at this moment great great defense phenomenal offensive line even better running backs and now you got uh, a new even better opportunity for this quarterback to step up and show his efficiency and show that he could lead his team to a championship who's to say it will happen don't know not even necessarily rooting for it being i'm a Steeler fan but i love football so i'm gonna enjoy it regardless that is mr baker mayfield Baker Mayfield, man, he's never, he hasn't been, you know, what we expected, you know, his, his first, first season, rookie season, you know, he had, did great, did great for a rookie, you know, but after that, two seasons after that, he didn't really put up the numbers we expected, and even all while that was going on, you got this team really developing into a solid overall, like, contender, that defense is scary, Miles Garrett, now they got you Davian Clowney, guys picked up they got like Denzel Ward they had uh John Johnson they just picked up they they got they got a multitude of players man multitude of players that offensive line pf pff ranks is man top five offensive line easy you got other than in my opinion other than Derrick Henry the best pure running back this man runs hard this man got speed this man you he sheds every tackle sheds every tackle he's quiet he's quiet but he don't even say nothing to you he just kill you just kill you bro I think I, I think he like the He's like the Kawhi Leonard of the NFL at his position. Nick Chubb, man. Nick Chubb is a monster. You got behind him, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, man, years ago, years ago, Kareem Hunt, man. It was a problem when he came into the league. You know, he had dealt with some things off the off the field, you know, came back and accepted this role behind Nick Chubb. And, man, he's it's, that's a great backup. If you can have a backup running back, that's the one you want, you know, because he's very versatile as well. He does great in the passing game. And he can still run hard, too. You know, he's not no Nick Chubb, but he's... He can still get it done, you know. And imagine if he gets another opportunity, you know, where to, he, he will be the number one guy, you know. He'll step up to the plate. You know, we got a little glimpse, glimpse of that last sheet. So I like the team, man. I like the team. Jarvis Landry is as safe as it gets. So you got guys like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashad Higgins. All these weapons are for Mr. Baker Mayfield. This man, top eight last season. He finished top eight. Play action percentage. 
and deep ball percentage, completion percentage. Top eight in both of them. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really been talking about Baker at all. Very, very quiet, but he's he's become more efficient, you know, ever since the, the, the change in coaching with Kevin Stefanski. He's been, able, he's been really able to have that team blossom into what it should be, you know, what it's capable of being. You know, that's, you know, a real contender. We're starting to see that, you know, so he's helping out in every aspect, every aspect. You know, he, Baker Mayfield had finished with 107.4 true passer rating. That finished six, six in the NFL out of all cute. You know, I, I like, I'm big into this fantasy thing, man. We hear a lot of news about, you know, the same players, you know, or maybe if we hear news about other players, you know, just guys who are just way out of the box. It, it's, it's, but he's like a middle of the pack as far as ranking. We're not hearing much of him. He's, as far as the, you know, health, he's good. As far as the overall team, you know, the team is fine, but there's just no crazy news on anything that's going on with them, you know, so you're not hearing anything about the Browns overall. So, People are maybe overlooking him. I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here and say that he's a top five QB next season. Nah, I'm not going to say that. But could he finish top 10? Absolutely. Top 12? Absolutely. Absolutely top 12, yeah. QB1, yes, for sure. I trust that. I mean, I have him ranked personally. I have him ranked as QB15. QB15. And the only guys who I have in front of him are guys that are possibly in better situations, or should I say not better situations, I would say just have opportunities where where, where we, we've seen that them go off. You know, we've seen them go off um, in a multitude of ways, you know, so we have that sample size already. So, like, I have Baker Mayfield at 15, Matt Ryan at 14. That man, Matt Ryan, is practically, he's, like, top three in total passing uh, attempts every season. Like, he's has Julio, he's had Calvin, Calvin Ridley. He lost Julio, he's still got Ridley. Ridley's going to be a monster this year. And now you got Kyle Pitts. Not to say Kyle Pitts is, is a, it's a substitution, um, to Julio, but it's it's growing, it's growth, you know. So Matt Ryan, he's gonna pass the ball. That's and the defense is atrocious, so they're gonna pass the ball. And you got Kirk Cousins, one of the more steady player uh, quarterbacks in the league, and we like, you know, we we can respect, you know, his play. You know, he's been able to sustain two wide receiver ones, you know, in multiple seasons. They're run first team, you know, to to sustain two wide receiver ones on a run first team. That says a lot. That's a lot. I got Jalen Hurts at number twelve. Jalen Hurst seems very, very focused. Very, very focused, man. I like his, his drive right now. The Eagles, I'm not too sure about, but I just like where his head is at. And, you know, if, if he's anything as good as they say he is, you know, I like that he could possibly have a season that Lamar Jackson had two years ago. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm, I'm open to, to seeing that uh, that happen. And I got Dak Prescott at 11. Prescott, man, he was on pace to do some unbelievable things last year before that injury. Unbelievable things. My, my reason why I have him so low you know, to maybe some of you guys' opinions is the fact that I don't I don't look for injury coming into the season. If you're already injured, you get, you're just coming off an injury that's more severe, you know, than just a common one. Um, uh, even though I may like you may be healthy, I may like your situation that you're in, you know, your overall supported cast, the whole package. But you know, there's there's certain things you got to be aware of and completely aware of his, his ankle injury. Yes, where it seems like he's okay, but now he has a shoulder injury. And then now I'm also hearing that they may be doing an MRI on him, another MRI. So that's just more and more things to to be conscious of. And I'm straying. I'm just doing what I normally do is just straying away from drafting him in totality. You know, he would have to fall into me like pretty pretty hard. Um, so I'm not. I don't even plan on drafting him to be honest with you. But I do like his weapons. I love Zeke. I love C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb looks awesome, beautiful. Uh, Cooper, I'm okay with. Eh. Gallup, I like a lot. You know, contract year. I like Gallup. Uh, Jarwin, 
Blake Jarwin, I expected him to have a breakout here last year before his ACL surgery. And Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz stepped up, you know. So overall, his his team is, is is solid. It's just him. It's just him right now. So obviously, if that team's going to be solid, he's going to have to be in there, you know, to make that impact. So it's just where his ADP is. I'm not going to be drafting him. And then at number ten, I end it right there is Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford on a new team, LA, looking, it's looking, looking like he could could turn it around. You know, we. We've seen Matt Stafford to be, you know, as consistent as they as they come as far as, you know, overall yardage per season. He may not throw a lot of touchdowns, but he's also been in a terrible offense for his, his whole career, you know. But I don't want to give him too much credit, though, because even early in his career when he had Calvin Johnson, he still wasn't even throwing a lot of touchdowns. Like, he was getting, you know, over 20. But in that whole span, he only has one season of 30-plus touchdowns. That's a little alarming to me. A quick, quick little fact here. I just did uh, some research on top four, the current quarterbacks in the last four seasons and how many touch, uh, how many 30 touchdown seasons they had in the last four seasons. And the only person to have 30-plus touchdowns the last four seasons is Russell Wilson. Everybody else, uh, they've just been too young, you know, because you got uh, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. You guys are young. They haven't really been in the league for four years, but... Not even Brady, not even Rodgers, not even Stafford, not even Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins. Nobody, nobody. Nobody's even has three. You got a couple people who has two, but nobody even has three. Russell Wilson has been 30-plus the last four seasons and more. He's been in the league for double-digit seasons now. He's early 30s now. He just He's a perfect example of consistency and um, a winning you know approach. You, know, you got to respect that straight up. You got to respect that. So I like Matt Stafford though. He's on a new team. Uh, much, much better supporting cast with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, who I am. I'm, I'm praising high on them right now. So I like them a lot as well. Cam Akers would have been great. Would have been great. But Daryl Henderson, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. Obviously at the same ADP that Cam Akers was at, but I think he'll be fine. So I still like his uh, opportunity there as well as Tyler Higby. So overall, you know, Matt Stafford should play better than last season for sure. And who knows? I mean, who this baby could be like a Aaron Rodgers type of season for him. Not to say that he's going to go off for 48 touchdowns, but maybe we could see 35. Right? 35 easy, you know, with 4,500 uh, 4, yards, passing yards. Who knows? You know, I, I'm, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And at that being said, you know, that will give, give them a great opportunity to, to win and be a true contender once again because that defense is still stellar. You know, they're still going to be competitive regardless. You know, it's just a matter of having that better QB. You know, that one who is experienced and the one who we know that they can rely on in, in certain game situations. So it's, that's going to be fun to watch as well. Let me not dive off too much. My second favorite sleeper at run back position is Mike Davis. Mike Davis, man. That guy is, I'm going to just straight up say that man's, man's legs. I think his legs may be bigger than Saquon. So I ain't going to lie. That man's legs is huge, man. You can't you can't tackle that, man. How you, how do you supposed to grab him? You can't tackle him. That man was ranked 8th. And evaded tackles, 72 evaded tackles. Ranked third in his juke rate, 32.1% juke rate. That means his ability to make a one or two steps to escape from your tackle. That doesn't, that doesn't, it's not the same thing as evaded tackle. Evaded tackle is more of you being, you know, grabbed or whatnot already and you're just able to brush them off. And the juke thing is like you're doing a couple moves and you're, you're avoiding the being, you're, you're avoiding for being touched in the first place. So, um, he's very, very, obviously very very good at that based off last season you got to respect it got to respect it he was given an opportunity when Christian McCaffrey went down and he stepped up you know he stepped up this man finished fourth in both targets total targets for running backs and target share target share was 15.3 percent 
tar total targets were 70. It's top four in both those categories. I think that says a lot, you know, right there. Now he's at a Falcon. And they're going to, like I said, they're, 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 complete, they're just going to be a strictly offensive team. If they're, they're going to win games, they're going to have to utilize every single weapon they have on the offense. Straight up. So Calvin Ridley, I expect him to go ballistic. A lot of guys have him to be... Would it have him to be the number one receiver at the end of the season? Yeah, I would not be surprised by that at all either. And Mike Davis, I have him ranked 18th. Mike Davis ranked 18th right now. He he could finish. He could finish maybe as high as 13, maybe 12. I won't go that high. I don't want to give him too much credit, not just yet. We have a lot of other guys who are more than capable of putting up running back one numbers, you know, but if everything falls into place, I just think that is a possibility where he could finish just outside of the wide receiver of, excuse me, of the running back one position. So I like him. I like him, man. I mean, not a lot of talk about him as well, and I don't see why he can't prosper. I mean, yeah, they they may have picked up some some younger guys, drafted some younger guys, but it's the for sure workhorse at the moment. So I'm taking it. His ADP is roughly what in the fifth round or so. I'll take that. I'll take that. If it's falling to me as a Running back two, hmm. as a running back two, I wouldn't completely shy from depending on who my running back one is. But I like it. I like it. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Not like okay, I'm gonna. I need him, but I just not like I need him. But I I, I like the situation he's in. And football is really more so about situ the situation you're in than just talent. You know, fantasy football is all about your volume, situation over talent. Volume and situation over talent. If you got a whole lot of volume, you're gonna put up numbers which means if you're typically if you're gonna have a whole lot of volume that means you're in a great you're in a great situation it don't matter what, how much talent you have you're gonna put up numbers and i believe david montgomery was a perfect example of that last year not to say he's not a good player but he had literally every opportunity possible that the bears gave that the bears had and he led the league in total opportunities and it took him a little while to you know to take advantage but once he figured it out that man won you leagues and everybody knows that anybody who won a league last year I'm sure there was a high percentage of them who had David Montgomery on their team. Straight facts. Wide receivers. Now, quick, quickly, 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 let me state this. When it comes to players overall, but strictly receivers and quarterbacks a little bit as well, I like players who have a, a big build, you know, guys who are tall, guys who are very, very strong. So typically for receivers, I'm looking, I'm, I'm going to go based off, obviously, the samples, the sample size that we've been given throughout their career, you know, rank accordingly. But when it gets deeper, deeper, and down into the ADP, you know, now it's just a matter of, okay, who do I want? I'm going to go based off of, of some of the, the categories I like, I have created for myself. And the main one, size, having great size. So, guys, 6'2 and up, you know, 6'2, six, six, two, 210. You know, those guys who really have really very physical guys, like, for example, DK Metcalf, you know, Julio Jones, you know, uh, AJ Brown, those guys, all six feet and up, all 210 plus, you know, so very all very very physical guys you know i just stay in it it's, it's it proves it's been proven time and time again those guys show out and whether their careers are long or short you know if you get them young which this is what it is this is what fantasy football is you got to get guys young guys young put up great numbers everybody who's been in the league more than likely your best years are going to be when you're young and anybody who's still in the league after a certain amount of time and still put them great numbers that means you're just one of few you know that doesn't happen that often. You know the the expected the expected the life expectancy in the NFL for a career wise career wise is I believe what four years? What do you, four years? So automatically I gotta assume that 
your best year is going to probably your second year, your rookie or your second year, more than so. <clears throat> and it's been more so for the receivers that it's their second year. Their second year, they break out because their first year, they're just getting to, into the rhythm, and they may not even have that full opportunity to really take that step. So not until that second year where things change and they understand the playbook a little bit, excuse me, understand the playbook a little bit more, and they're able to break out. And this, I think these two guys here have a great chance to break out. One of them, not to say that he, not to say he did break out, but he he definitely showed face, and that's Chase Claypool. Nine, said nine touchdowns was it? Nine touch? I think it might have been nine touchdowns. This guy, unbelievable, unbelievable man. He played with a team with two other receivers. Deontay Johnson took literally took all the targets, and you had a guy like Chase Claypool who was six four. 238 huge great speed 4440 this man speed score 129 99th percentile what this guy's monsters man had 109 targets 62 receptions 859 receiving yards and nine receiving touchdowns straight up this man he knows he knows how to get it done he's been looking good at the preseason looking good at training camp dealt with a little injury recently but i'm not too stressed about it at the moment not too serious at least you know because Supposedly, it could have been very, very concerning, but did not turn out that way. So, um, happy about that. But I like, I like the opportunity he has there. And only downfall can happen with Chase Claypool or even any of those Steeler receivers is the health of Ben Roethlisberger. As long as Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, they could do exactly what they did last year, or even and even better. Claypool and Deontay Johnson were both relevant. Juju was even relevant. So that tells me enough. You know, there's a lot of targets being spread around and everybody's getting their share everybody's getting their their points you know so i don't see why he can't get his and then we got brian edwards brian edwards 6'3 212 man he should have done something last year truthfully he should have done something like but this year the fact that henry ruggs and i like henry ruggs this year too but the fact that henry ruggs he do a goddamn thing last year literally it was all nelson Aguilar. that was it him and darren waller like you guys baited they baited but this year this is it for him. If he can't get it done this year, uh, you got to fall back on Brian Edwards ASAP. So this is like almost like a shot in the dark, but I feel like there's a lot, a lot, a lot of guys who feel, who feel the same way about, about Brian Edwards. This has just got to be it because if he could pull this off, you know, he could really be dominant. He could truly, that man has big play ability. Like really reminds me of Julio in the sense of breakaway speed, you know, getting uh, making plays, you know, down down the stretch. He's, he's able to just do it at an elite level, you know, and he has an advantage with his size, and that's why I like the guys, the receivers who are a much bigger, bigger build, they automatically have an advantage over anybody, over the next receiver or over their, the next D-back. They automatically have an advantage. So if you have a big build and you actually have a little bit of a talent, there's no way that you can't prosper. There's no, absolutely no way you can't prosper. So that's my, my take. That's my theory. That's I think that's more than likely, more than anything, that's facts. Like, we see guys like, even like guys like Mike Williams, who can't stay healthy for the, for his for his life, he can make spectacular catch after spectacular catch. We know that. You can't stop him. He will mulch you. It's a matter of him staying healthy. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, these guys are their own worst enemies. <laughs> that's just it. That's just it. So, Brian Andrews has to take that step up. Has to take that step up. I think he will. I think he will. So, I like, I like where it's going for him. Last is a tight end. From the Tennessee Titans, Mr. Anthony Ferkser. Now, I had Jonu Smith in my fantasy league last year. I like how they utilize their tight ends, especially him as well. He's very athletic for his size. He's a big dude, too. 6'3", I believe 230. Big dude. Um, but 
since he had left, you know, somebody has to take take that position, take that, take those targets, and Ferkser is the next guy up, you know, and what you guys may not know, Ferkser was not that far off as far as overall statistics from Jonu Smith. The biggest takeaway was touchdowns. Jonu Smith had eight, Ferkser had one, and on top of that, Jonu Smith saw 74% of the snap share, while Ferkser only saw 30%. So that was a huge, huge, huge difference. Now listen to these stats I'm about to read off. The way how they're so, so, so similar. It's, it's scary that Jonu Smith had more than twice the snap share and Ferkser was still neck and neck with him as far as statistics. So 53 targets for Anthony Ferkser, 65 for Jonu Smith. 39 receptions for Ferkser, 41 receptions for Smith. 387 yards for Ferkser, 448 yards for Smith. That's alarmingly close for a guy who had less than twice the snap share of you, of the, of the, of the starter, starting tight end. So that just tells me that he could do exactly what Jonas Smith just did, maybe even more, just because he didn't know less snaps. Maybe he'd be able to double that. Who knows, you know? I mean, yes, they added, Jonu, uh, excuse me, they added Julio Jones, but Julio Jones is much older now. He's got the alpha, um, and, you know, he's coming off hamstring injuries. So I don't know how... He, big of a use how big of his his usage will be so you got to factor that in and you got a guy like AJ Brown I love AJ Brown but that man that man got bad knees and he's very very young had surgeries both his knees already already I remember there was a guy who was trying to trade me AJ AJ Brown for DK Metcalf I said no this man was playing on two bad knees and he played all the way through I expected him to get hurt mid-season man he he came back and he pushed all the way through and played phenomenal touchdown every single game to end the season that wasn't supposed to happen, but it happened, and I give much respect to him. But I just hope that they shorten his career, because now you got these surgeries where you're losing, you know, certain tissues in your knee, you know, to to help with cushion on based on these the rigors of the sport. And I mean, you're not going to be able to get that back. You know, they got yeah, you got certain rehabs and treatment, but that's it. You take that piece out for the for for your surgeries. You know, you're 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 creating more of a risk, you know, to to get injured. Again, and the more than likely you will get injured, hence why I did not go back for him. But I still have him ranked top 10, absolutely, because he is a phenomenal talent who's very, very dominant. He's overpowering in, in, his, in his confidence and, you know, what he believes that he could do. And his, his, his belief in himself is, is very, very up, very, very high. So I, I respect him for that. Also, but that being said, you know, Ferkser still has the opportunity to have a quote-unquote breakout year just because of that. You know, with him and Ryan Tanner who already have a good rapport, so I don't see why... He can't repeat what he did last year and just by adding a few more touchdowns. I don't even see why he can't put up 50 receptions, 400 yards. Nah, 50 receptions, 500 yards, and what, four touchdowns. Like, that's not even really a breakout year, but, you know, that's a minimum of what I can see him doing. Easy, easy, easy. So, I just like his value where he's, where he's being picked up, where he's being drafted right now. So, I would not, personally, I would not hesitate to draft him. Not hesitate at all. Just my take. I just think that you will definitely see how they utilize him week one. You can base it off of that, you know. But I, th- I think it's going to be good all, all season long. That, that that offense is very, very efficient. And with all these weapons, they'll be able to open up the offense a little bit more and not, you know, have them dial in so much on Derrick Henry. Because Derrick Henry's touches will go down. He's not putting up that 400-plus touches. If he's, if he's able to do that, Hall of Fame right now. And he should be going to be Hall of Fame anyway because he hit 2,000 yards, but... Hall of Fame him right now. Get out the league, bro. Because you do something else again, you're gonna, we ain't going to see you no more. You're going to be hurt. Something's going to happen because you're not supposed to sustain 
that type of dominance of two back to back two thousand yards. That don't happen. That don't happen. So anyway, that team's very very efficient. I think he'll be fine. Draft Anthony Ferkser. Let's go. Just take a side step over to the side segment. Not even really a side segment. Just like I've been doing a lot of wine tasting in the past two years, almost two years now. So during in the middle of the show, three quarters of the way, it's just the wine that I'm currently sipping on. Give my take on continue the show. The one I'm sipping on currently, the moment, is called The Seeker, a Sauvignon Blanc, white wine. Now, I do not remember exactly where I saw this. When I first started, I started just looking them up. IG, I started seeing up celebrities, you know, drinking certain wine. I would see those, and I would just go and grab those and show those out. And then now every time I go there, I just ask for a random to surprise me. And here and there, I'll even be at a restaurant, and I'll see something I like. I have those back home. Now, this one, I don't remember exactly where I got this one from or where I saw this one from. But it is, it is pretty good, white wine, easy on the palate, I like it, it's not, I'm more of a red wine guy, because I like to sip slow, I like to sip slow and enjoy, enjoy lightly, the white, whiter wine, a little bit easier to drink, it's easier to go down, that, with that being said, they're like, it's, it's almost easier to kill, you know what I'm saying, they're, you start killing them like it's juice, I mean, they have some really fruity, fruity ones, this one's, it's almost like a semi-dry or semi-sweet. Those are the ones I kind of go for. I could do the dry. I like the dry a lot. The semi, semi-dry is what is at the very, very least of what I would do. So this is pretty good. This is really good. I like this. I would suggest this. It's called the Seeker White Wine. You could probably get it at your local wine or, uh, liquor store wine store. And let me know what you guys think. I've been planning on actually going to another winery. Hopefully next month. I might have to get tickets. But they have like these different festivals in the area that I live in. So, uh, got to continue to try them out and expand the palette some more. So, definitely, I will be showing this out on my IG as well once, this, once I post the show for you guys to see. Give me some of your feedback. So I'll continue to do this and I'll continue to put people on. Let me know what you guys think. All right, all right, all right. So, lastly, before we end it off, just real, real quick. Got a bunch of different rule changes that's been going on within the sports world. Just a few to name off. Started off, we got the NBA. About to make some rule changes for those fouls. They be, you know, they got players who initiated initiated fouls. You know, the first guy coming to mind, man, Trey Young. Man, I'm tired of him. Sick of that man, Trey Young. Play basketball. Excuse me. Play play basketball. Play basketball. This is we don't need this, man. You're killing. You're killing the sport right now. It's it's making it harder for me to watch, and it's it's not fun. You know, and these refs just call whatever, and I don't. I'm, I'm glad they make it this change because this was really like this was not helping the sport. We got so, so many talented guys, and it's not necessary for you to be looking for fouls like the way that you guys are. You know, if you have the talent, beat your defender the old-fashioned way. Straight up, go ahead and kill him, shoot over him, cross him up, drive by him, dunk on him, post up, whatever you have to do. But you do not have to continue to draw fouls in the beginning of the game, too. You know, it's like, again, if it's at the end of the game, you try to draw a foul, you try to get to the free throw line. It's very, very competitive, very, very physical. I get it. But you're doing this at, in the first quarter, first half? Come on. Come on. You're really killing it. You're, ready. you're slowing the game down by a lot. Killing momentum. And I don't think it's really helping anybody probably but yourself. You know, because I can't imagine you continuing to initiate calls, initiate fouls, getting calls, and the rest of your teammates are pumped up at the beginning of the game to play ball. Just slowing shit down at this point. So, excuse my language, but you're, you're slowing the game down. And I don't, I that's, that's, that's what I believe. That's what I, I don't think it it's fun so i'm glad to make it this change i mean you know what you guys think about it i mean i feel like it should be a more obvious thing than not you know uh 
I know me and a couple of my other buddies I chat with about basketball, you know, are on the same page with this, and, you know, uh, we've discussed our opinions on it. I know I've voiced my opinions very, very heavily. I could go even deeper into this, but I do not want to go crazy right now. But I'm just overall glad they're making the change. Can't wait to see what it looks like next season. NCAA now allowing players to receive money off their name and likeness. That's great. That is great. That is great. I mean, I've had my my opinions, my debates on this as far as players receiving money in college. But um, I like that they're giving an opportunity to these guys because they do provide and, um, you know, gain a whole, whole lot of revenue for these schools. And they don't receive nothing back for it. You know, it's just a mainly they just pretty much receive you know, some type of notoriety, you know, okay, this guy played here, you know, you, you always had that type of reputation, that respect, you know, from the school, you know, but all that money you're bringing into them is only right that you should be getting some type of back, something back from it, you know, so it may not be exactly that, you're not getting strictly paid from the NCAA as far as, okay, you played, you know, this many games or you're our best player, such, 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 you know, we're going to play you this, we're going to pay you this amount, you know, for the status that you're at right now. Now, it's, it's literally just on them it's on the players you know at least so, so the thing is that at least they're allowing the players to take on this opportunity thus giving them a chance to initiate their own ways of receiving money you know through the through their own name you know and especially now with social media you know all you need is a camera all you need is a phone and everybody's out here doing making uh, mixtapes you know showing out their highlights and whatnot and you know their, their names are coming getting out much quicker nowadays so it's great. It's great in that aspect, and I believe one of the first ones, at least, I saw were was Paige, Paige Bookers, Bookers, Bookers. I'm pronouncing that. But um, she her nickname Paige Buckets, you know, so she got that trademark, patented, all of that copyright, whatever. And you know, now, and she was man. She, if you, anybody who, who who watched basketball, they know, they know. She she a bucket, legit. She a bucket. She she got record after record right now. You know, she just she 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 get she holding it down. You know, for the women basketball right now, and when she get to the WBA, WNBA, I mean, non unstoppable, unstoppable. So she's uh the first one, and I just can't wait to see you know how it will it will pan out for them, and how much this will grow, and how much maybe we'll see a change, and you know more people going to college and actually staying for more than a year, or you know maybe because they just, like I said, in the past, they had opened up, you know, guys to go to the G League. Maybe guys will not, won't go to the G League anymore, or they'd be more, you know, really have to make a decision on whether they, whether they want to get that G League pay, but with that veteran, you know, the actual experience, NBA experience, or you want to just get the NCAA pay, and they'll get their money based off their name, you know, because the money based off their name could be, you know, limitless, you know, so it's just based on the agent that they have and the type of popularity they could create for themselves. So that's... That's the cool part about it, cause there's no range in that one, no range in that at all. So I like that about it. So this should be fun. This should be, this should be fun. So anybody who's coming up playing ball right now, I mean, if you're not branding yourself right now, you're you're losing. Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you, you're losing. If you're a baller right now and you're not branding yourself while in high school right now, you're losing. I don't care how good you are right now, cause you could be putting yourself in a much much better situation than you're currently in. And there's plenty of other different. Um, organizations and agencies where they're helping they're actually helping high school ballers high school players college players you know to to brand themselves you know to to create other opportunities for them outside of basketball you know because they know that if this didn't happen you know who who's to say that you will be financially stable 
whether you made it to the NBA or not. You know, because a lot of the guys who make it to the NBA, they don't know how to keep keep their money. They don't know how to save their money. They don't know how to invest their money properly. So, you know, there was just a lot of different industries who were providing some type of um, advice, you know, information and knowledge to these younger guys. So, and I think we should all, you know, take part in that. Anybody who's, you know, obviously playing sports should take part in that and, and you know, take the time to listen and grow from it, you know. So, guys, I, I just want an organization called Pro to CEO is another one that I have a good buddy of mine who's, who just who just launched one. Um, it's Duke, actually, I'll leave I'll leave his his information in the bio that is in the description actually. But he just launched his work as well, and that's just that's what he just that's what he wants to do. He just wants to help guys out, you know, to make sure they're you know they're putting themselves in the best possible situation, you know, and making sure that you're you're living well even off the court. Because most guys in the NBA right now. The guys who are really, you know, profitable, for example, LeBron James just hit a billion, quote unquote, just hit a billion. His contract, NBA contract is only 300 mil. He's getting 700 mil in endorsements. You know, that's how you're supposed to work it. That's a perfect example. That man is doing everything out off the court in movies, directing. You know, he's got his own sit down podcast, sit down show. He's commercials, you know, his own school everything man he's he's out and about you know he's making the most of his his image you know you have to build your image and this is this is just only the beginning this is only the beginning i love it i love it let me know what you guys think about that as well and lastly is the olympics man just briefly 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 the olympics they we just seen all this news with shikari richardson um she just raced this past weekend came in dead last finished night dead last 11 11 seconds, and Elaine, Tom, Elaine Thompson came out on top, Jamaican, 10.5 seconds, I believe. Um, but yes, I mean, Shikari, man, she got a whole lot of, a whole lot of hate, and, you know, she took all the hate, and she's going to run with it, and I like the, the maturity that she, she presented, you know, in that response, but, um, man, I mean, that's, this is, this is a controversial topic right now, where I'm about to get to, where do we allow marijuana to be in the Olympics, you know, to be something that we could, you know, use recreationally, you know, I mean, this is it really having a, uh, is it really an enhancement for some of these guys, or is it really breaking breaking down some of the abilities, you know, I guess it really depends on how one uses it and what they actually do with it, you know, so my my favorite example is with Michael Phelps, you know, man has all the freaking gold medals that you could think of, right, man was using marijuana, but you know what he was actually doing with it? That man was training while on marijuana. For you to train while on marijuana is really putting you at a disadvantage per se at, at the beginning because your 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 reactions and everything are not going to be the same as if you were sober. You know, uh, so much other stuff is going on within the mind. So for you to focus deeply into what you're doing, um, you're actually <laughs> then putting yourself at an advantage once you're off marijuana and you're actually competing you know now so all that training you've done on marijuana has kind of helped you out you know to a degree but like i said it all depends on how you plan to use it so um this hasn't been a negative you know negative thing to happen with marijuana use you know it's just been the thing that people been been getting in trouble with but it's not like they've, they've done anything bad people are just getting tested and getting caught with it name one bad thing these guys have done while on marijuana they minding their business, so I don't, I don't, I don't get why still something that's being tracked when taking these tests. But that being said, I like like Stephen A. Smith says, I can't agree more. 
If you know the rules, why are you trying to break them? You know the rules and how strict they are with this marijuana. Why are you trying to think you could get over? And he gets, he's very, very adamant about it. I'm not going to say I'm as super as adamant to his to his degree but he's very very adamant on that and i can't agree more i can't agree more you know he's 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 trying to make sure that you get that you set the example and i know that may be tough when you're on a stage like that you know all eyes are on you at all times and you feel like you can't mess up you know once you mess up that's it for you at least that's what people think you know it's more it's so much of a mental game but i mean you know the rules do what you do what you're supposed to do you know Work around it another way, you know, do it when you're not in the league no more, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but, I mean, I guess this is how the conversation opens up, where you have superstar talents like Shikari who get in trouble with it, like Michael Phelps who get in trouble with it, and they're still, you know, at the peak of the game, so they're at the best of the best. Like, I'm sure Shikari will come back from this and shut everybody up. I'm almost certain about that, you know, and she, if, she, if, she's very, if she's as serious as she seems to be, you know, I don't see why she can't do that. You know, and I think after that, you know, we may see more talks about it, more discussion about it, and eventually we'll see a change, you know, because like I said, there hasn't been a negative concept on this marijuana usage at all, at all. It's just the fact that they're being caught with it, and they're not supposed to be. They're not doing anything else bad while on it. That's my only take. That's my only take. But thank you guys. Thank you guys. I'm going to let you guys go. I appreciate you guys staying on, listening to me, having these, these debates, these discussions taking a little bit of the information and please make sure you check out the sports effect podcast show on spotify make sure you try out the seeker white wine let me know what you guys think and make sure you follow me on twitter and instagram at two lofty lil that is the number two l-o-f-t-y underscore lil lofty lil thank you peace out enjoy the night